And now stay tuned for Recollections at 30 on NBC. Recollections at 30. NBC, celebrating its 30th year of broadcasting, invites you to memorable moments of radio's earlier days. In this special series of broadcasts, you'll reminisce among NBC's vast and historic library of sound. You'll hear the stars, the songs, the great moments in sports and special events that have highlighted these 30 years of NBC network broadcasting. And here, guiding our recollections at 30, is Ed Herlihy. Thank you, Fred Collins, and good evening, everyone. I want to start right off by thanking all of you who have taken time to write to me. Your cards and letters are the same as applause in the theater, you know. It's a sort of expression of appreciation and thanks for having enjoyed a performance. And from the wonderful things you folks have been saying about Recollections at 30, I'm sure that you look forward to each week's program as much as I do. Well, several weeks ago, I played for you a recording of one of Judy Garland's early appearances on radio when she was 12 years old. Since your comments on that were so enthusiastic, I've gone back again to our library of sound and found more of Judy Garland. Here she is from a November the 16th, 1935 broadcast. It's almost 21 years ago to the day. Wallace Beery introduced her on the Shell Chateau program. Now, the little lady, uh... Standing here beside me uh, isn't exactly a celebrity yet. She's only 12 years old. She probably won't be famous all maybe for a couple of years. Her name is Judy Garland. And I'm sure that you remember her singing here uh, about four weeks ago. Well, since her last appearance here, she signed a seven-year contract with the MGM studio. Isn't that great? guys? the last time she was here, she was so good that everybody said to me, Wally, why, you've got to have that little Judy Garland back again. So here she is, and I'll tell you right now that we're very proud of her. Wait until you hear her sing. All right, Judy, whip along. Dear, when you smiled at me, I heard a melody. From the start, something inside of me started a symphony, singing with the strings of my heart. Was like a breath of spring. Robin sings about her nest set apart. All nature seemed to be in perfect harmony, sing with the strings of my What else could I do again but keep repeating through and through? I love 
always will I hope we'll never Garland, the way she sang before she made her first movie over 20 years ago. As we look backward over the 30 years of NBC network broadcasting and recall highlights of those years, we can stop often at the Rudy Valley program, for Rudy introduced so many of the artists who continued on to stardom. I wonder if you recall that it was he who first brought Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy to a nationwide audience. The very first appearance of Bergen on the Valley Show took place in December 1936. Would you like to hear how Rudy introduced him at that time? Listen. Why put a ventriloquist on the air? The answer is, why not? True, our ventriloquist, Edgar Bergen, is an unusual one. Sort of Noel Coward or perhaps Fred Allen among ventriloquists. A dexterous fellow who depends more upon the cleverness and wit of his material than upon the believe-it-or-not nature of his delivery. Mr. Bergen works with a dummy, arrayed in top hat and tails. Just imagine a dummy, and take my word for it that both voices you will hear are owned and operated by just one man, Edgar Bergen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. As Rudy told you, my friend here is arrayed in considerable splendor. Yes, indeed, yes. And now, young man, uh-huh. I would like to know why you're dressed in tails and top hat and monocles. Where did the money come from? Oh, the Nazuma. Yes. Well, I'll tell you. I wish you would. You see, uh, my uh, my stepfather... Yes? He passed away. I see. And when he died, he left me 200 snackers. Oh, he did? Yes, yeah, I see. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your stepfather. Uh, what's the matter? What did he do now? No, I mean, passing away. Oh, yes, of course, yes, yes. Well, what about it? Well, I mean, it's, it's sad. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Yes, it was sad, really. Yes. But then, on the other hand, 200 bucks ain't to be sneezed at either. No, you're right. <laughs> well, tell me, uh, is your mother living yet? No, uh, not yet. Not yet. No, I see. No, she isn't. 
Well, what is the name, if I may ask? Uh, the name? Yes. Uh, well, uh, now, uh, now that I have money, I see. It's uh, Denby. Denby. Oh, yes, Denby. I'm one of the Fishwell Denbys. Oh, I see. One of the Walton and the Thames uh, Fishwell Denbys. Oh. <laughs> you like it over in England? Oh, it's simply marvelous. <laughs> I imagine so. Yes. Yes. Well, what do you like most of all? Uh, I love to go uh, grouse hunting in the Scottish uplands. Uh, I see. Well, did you have any luck this fall shooting? Oh, definitely. Oh, fine. The very first day out, I, uh, I got three cocker spaniels. Oh, you did? <laughs> and uh, the second day, I, uh, I got a horse. A horse, yes. <laughs> and uh, my host. And your host. <laughs> I don't miss a darn thing. I know it is. If it moves, I shoot. I shoot. <laughs> oh, it's good fun. I imagine so. Yes. yes. Well, young man, I don't believe you were grouse shooting. You don't? No. And I don't believe you were over in England. Oh, come, come now. Don't be a twerp. Well, I don't. <laughs> you don't believe me? I don't believe you. Well, heck, I tried. Yes, I know. <laughs> So what is it? Uh, Charlie McCarthy. Oh, I see. <laughs> but how could you tell? Well, you see, Charlie, I am a mind reader. Is that so? Yes. And I am a student of psychic phenomena. Oh, boo, boo, boo. Oh, yes. <laughs> the kid's clever. Yes. You see, I have a crystal here. Yes, so you have. When I gaze into the crystal, uh -huh. everything goes out of focus. Uh -huh. It's just like gazing into a, a whirlpool. A whirlpool? Yes. What's a whirlpool? What is a whirlpool? Now, I ask you first. All right. <laughs> you have never seen a whirlpool? Uh, no. I see. Awfully sorry. Oh, that's all. <laughs> I, uh, I will say this, though. Uh, not so long ago, I, uh, I fell in a pool. Oh, you fell in a pool? Yes. But it wasn't a, a whirlpool? Uh, uh, no. I see. Awfully sorry. Oh, that's all right. It was a cesspool. A cesspool. <laughs> I was sorry for that, too. I imagine. But, my good young man, that is neither here nor there. No, that was up in Connecticut. Oh. <laughs> well, now, what would you like to have me tell you about the future while I have the crystal here? Uh, yes. Uh, would you tell me if there's any work in sight? Any work? Yes. <laughs> You're interested in a position? Uh, mildly, yes. I <laughs> Well, yes, Charlie, I do see a position here. Oh, goody, goody, goody. Yes. But I'm afraid the position won't do you much good. Why, what's the matter? Well, it seems that... It seems that your cocktail parties interfere with your work. Oh, I wouldn't say that. It looks very bad, young man. Oh, well, I, I never... I never overdo those things. Oh, you don't? No, I never... I never take more than a, a four or five scotch and sodas. Four or five scotch and sodas. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all. Oh, my goodness. What's that? Well, I should think four or five scotch and sodas would make you awfully drunk. Yeah, well, it helps. It helps. <laughs> Don't you know, young man, that alcohol... Yes? Alcohol, it's nothing but slow poison. Is what? It's slow poison. Is it? Oh, yes. Slow poison? That's what it is. <laughs> slow poison. Yes. Well, I'm in no hurry. Well, then it's all right. <laughs> Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy in their first appearance on the Rudy Valley program in 1936. And it was in 1936 that American radio audiences first heard the voice of Jean Sablon, 
in a shortwave broadcast from Paris on the Magic Key program. The reaction to this French Bing Crosby was immediate. So early in 1937, the French singer arrived here for his first in-person appearances on the Magic Key program. And I think teenagers today will find him just as romantic as any of today's vocalists. Here he is, 19 years ago, Jean Sablon. As long as I can remember, there have been people who, when they hear a new popular song, invariably say, oh, he stole that from Mozart or Chopin or Vivaldi or something. But there was only one man I ever met who could prove it. And that man was Sigmund Space, long an NBC fixture with his Tune Detective program. Here from a broadcast of November the 16th, 1935, Sigmund Space analyzes a popular tune of that day. 
Perhaps you'd like me to go through a whole tune and show you how you can trace perhaps every line. The one I have in mind is uh, by my friend Irving Berlin, the one called Say It Isn't So. The fact of the matter is that the chorus of Say It Isn't So has about six other tunes in it, I think mostly unintentional. Mr. Berlin started like this. This little... That little ornament is really just decoration. That's all it is. The tune itself is down here. And right there, Mr. Berlin may have been influenced by a couple of tunes that were popular at the time. First, Dancing in the Dark. And Just a Gigolo. Two perfectly good backgrounds to start with. Dancing in the Dark, Just a Gigolo. And uh, then he goes on with this. Now there, Mr. Berlin is borrowing, first of all, from himself, because years ago he wrote a tune called The Ragtime Violin, starting with the words, fiddle up, fiddle up on your violin. The second phrase was, play right on it, rest your chin upon it. And that not only turns up again in Say It Isn't So, but it takes us back to another old friend. Mighty like a rose, sweetest little fellow, you all know it. And then, of course, he comes back again by way of dancing in the dark and just a gigolo. Finally arrives at this climax, which goes back to an old timer called Just a Little Love, a Little Kiss. And with a touch of April showers, he ends with Can't We Be Friends? Now, uh, if you'd like, I think I might run through that chorus again and just show you how it would sound if you sang all the original words throughout. You get a rather funny effect, something like this, instead of say it isn't so. Dancing in the dark, dancing in the dark. Fiddle up and play your violin, but say it isn't so. Just a gigolo, just a gigolo. Whispers that you're growing tired of me, say it isn't so. Dancing in the dark, just a gigolo. Sweetest little fella, everybody knows he's mighty like a rose. Just a little love, a little kiss, and so the story ends with April showers. And we be friends. Sigmund Space, Tune Detective. Well, when Irish tenors are mentioned, the name of John McCormick looms high on the top of the list. And a listener from Mina, Arkansas, is typical of the many who loved his singing and would like to hear him again. She says, we have about all of his records, but maybe you could find some of his appearances on radio. My husband says he remembers hearing him once or twice. Well, I've found several of John McCormick's radio appearances now preserved in our vast library of sound. And I thought you might like to hear this one. I think the loveliest folk song in the world is one that is known to most of you as the Londonderry Air, but no one knows its origin. So when I was in Londonderry this summer, I asked an old fiddler there, did he know its origin? And he said, now, John, you come to the right man, for it was myself that found it, and this is how it came about. I'd been playing at a wedding, and after I had drunk the health of the bride and groom a couple of times, I set off home, and on the way, I got tired, and I sat down under a cock of hay in the moonlight, and I fell asleep. I was awakened by the loveliest melody, and when I opened my eyes, there before me was a leprechaun orchestra, and they playing away. 
I took a bit of music paper and I set down what they were playing and fell asleep again. And I woke in the morning with the sun beaming down on my eyes and I took my fiddle and I played the tune that I jotted down from the fairy orchestra. And would you believe it, John, it was the London Derriere itself. Well, that was his story and he stuck to it. McCormick, and a song he sang in November of 1936. And I think that brings us to near closing time again. Oh, by the way, many of you who write do seem to have difficulty in spelling my name, the good old Irish name that it is. So once again, if you don't mind, I'll give you the spelling. And maybe I'll hear from a good many more of you who haven't dared to attempt it. Ed Hurleyhe, H-E-R-L-I-H-Y. The address, Recollections at 30, 30 Rockefeller Plaza, Radio City, New York. Good night, everyone. Ed Hurleyhe has been your host on Recollections at 30. Next week at this time, there'll be another in this special series, commemorating NBC's 30th year of broadcasting. This is Fred Collins, hoping you'll be able to join us then for more of the great stars and great moments of the past. Recollections at 30 is directed by Bob Mauer. 
Music by Les Brown, songs by Julius LaRosa, live weekday mornings on NBC Bandstand. We hope you are enjoying the old-time radio programs on the RadioThen.network podcast. You will find many biographies and audio clips from the past on our blog, www.radiothen.network. Check it out and bookmark the blog which also indexes our podcasts, www.radiothen.network.